Hello, my name is Patricia Rosvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. Here I also wanted to thank everyone for listening and supporting this podcast. It's very rewarding to see that with every episode the community is growing, which was of course the whole point of this platform. If you are a regular listener, you might want to check out my Patreon page, where you can support my work and help me develop this amazing but time-consuming project. You can do that on patreon.com slash kitchenconversations. This time I sat at the kitchen table with Julia Boxla and Annie Minois, two of the three creators of the podcast X3. The German X3 or the Russian Heze is the first German-speaking podcast discussing different aspects of the German-Russian plus identity. Back in January 2020, together with Helena Melikov, who was unfortunately not able to join us today, the three of them created the podcast, which by now has more than 30 episodes released. All three of them were born in the former Soviet Union and migrated to Germany as kids. During our kitchen conversation, apart from discussing their podcast, which I very much love, we also spoke about the history of the German migration to the Soviet Union and then the migration back to Germany, about the beloved by the Berliners term Ostalgie, and, of course, Mama's Kitchen. Please welcome Julia Boxler and Annie Minois. So welcome Julia and Annie to Kitchen Conversations uh, in this nice Neukölln kitchen. Really nice uh, to meet you. Part of your podcast collective is also uh, Helena, which couldn't make it today, but uh, we will for sure speak about her as well. And hopefully one day I can also meet her. Yeah, so welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having us. Yes. So you run a podcast as well as me. This is actually very special for me because um, soon, in like a few days, I have a podcast anniversary, one year since I'm running this podcast. So it's nice to kind of release an episode with another podcasters uh, on this occasion. Uh, I feel I'm old enough to, to do it. And I really love your podcast. I discovered it quite recently. It's in German, so... Not everyone will be perhaps uh, able to listen to it, but I think the work you do is very interesting and like goes beyond the the language. I think so. Very curious of what we will be today speaking about. Uh, the podcast you're running it's called X3, X3, and it's about the Russian uh, German identity or uh, Russian plus. I wrote it so it's like not only Russian but like more the. I would say Russian-speaking diaspora, would you call it this way? For the Russian-speaking community from uh, post-Soviet areas, um, people who are living now in Germany. 
Yeah, we call it also to avoid sometimes Soviet, uh, the term Soviet, we call it post-Ost. This is like kind of a neologism, which not we came up with, but like a group of people where we kind of belong to it's, um, a Berlin-based, um, not Berlin-based now, it's like a t telegram chat or something like a group with mm -hmm. post-Ost people. We call it post-Ost to avoid like the Soviet term because they are like people from Ukraine or from Poland who don't like to be under this flag of like colonization, Soviet colonization. Yeah. So that's why post-OS is maybe the right term. But of course we have also written post-Soviet because um, like the majority of the people of the diaspora or of the post-OS diaspora, they kind of uh, understand themselves often uh, as post-Soviet because it's like our generation maybe or our bubble who are like discussing uh, all the things, but um, we are trying also to reach out to the people who are maybe not yet there, you know, to maybe reflect on this colonizational effect of Soviet Union and so on, but who maybe want to or are interested in to go beyond this stories. Mm. Yeah, and it is also a um, political uh, fact of being from former Soviet Union as we were born there, so... We avoid using this term that much, but when you start a serious um, political discussion, you can't avoid it. Avoid it in a so way. So it kind of belongs to this discourse. Yeah, but I think there are like many podcasts. We are, we are, we are kind of, we were kind of the first um, uh, German-speaking podcast. I think you introduced us maybe like this uh, on this topic but of course we know there are so many uh, other topics English speaking as you are for example or there are many other topics which are also more politically um, analytically based um, which are in English but yeah in Germany even now like we um, came out like one and a half years ago but today we have already like Four or five more. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like there's in um, Konjunktur, you say in German, like <laughs> there's I'm a ra sure rising of yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. on this topic, and there's also a community. Podcast pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it happened, I think, also in the <laughs> pandemic. Huh? Yeah, maybe, but somehow were planned already before. Like I think the idea, which is growing into you, like to reach out or to kind of like raise your voice is maybe was growing longer time and all the people but they maybe some of them had only now the time or like they were just like okay i go for this because i don't go to the bar or wherever <laughs> to the university no no exactly exactly yeah but um congrats to your podcast to your um birthday podcast uh, episode so, yeah and yeah, um, i also appreciate i i was already listening to many episodes thank you so much yeah also, you're, that you're like Amsterdam-based, now you're Berlin-based. It's also an interesting... Maybe we can also talk about your podcast a little bit, <laughs> since uh, we have this podcast introspective here in this episode. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it will uh, definitely like resonate, and perhaps we will see also the differences or the similarities or why we, we started doing this and in this format and so on. But you are the guest, so... And I always like to take somehow the position of the host. I don't know, perhaps also... Uh, yeah, that's how I also develop my art practice to, from this kind of autonomous artist to become more like the curator. So maybe that's uh, more my comfort zone. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, you are three uh, Russian-speaking uh, women... Uh, also, I think native uh, German speakers. And how did it come to be that, like, you sat together and it's like, let's make a podcast? 
what was like the motivation or when was the moment? Well, we got to know each other via a, a platform which is called Pelinograd. Some of Berliners might know it. And um, yes, Julia and we, met for, we met for a job. And then we pretty soon started to talk like about our um, personal history. Yes, our personal life. And um, started to talk about the fact that we both wanted some time to make a um, podcast. And then we just, in this chit-chatting, <laughs> started to um, plan already how to, how we could make it. So then we did the job that we had to do. It was a festival, a music festival. Yeah. Uh -huh. And right after that, we already started. Yeah, I think so. Next time we met with Helena together, like Helena is our uh, third uh, yeah, um, partner in crime. And the third time we all met, like the second time we all met together, we recorded our first episode, like a test. But it was actually. But it was first. actually the yeah. first about uh, New Year's, right? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. We no, actually, no, no, it, no, it, no, no. It wasn't the first episode we made. It was the first one which was published, I, but, but not the first one we I, I recorded. Have no idea what but we I don't record. remember which. Oh, wow, we was. should, we should kind of like, maybe <laughs> Helena knows, <laughs> we don't know, because we recorded some of them, like some also never published, because in the beginning, maybe, you know, it's a little bit like you're laughing a lot, we were laughing as hell in the first episodes, and also the recording was bad, and like, yeah, it was fun, a lot of fun, but what we wanted to say is like, that actually immediately we met through a job context, um, which was also on the topic of like post-Ost or post-Soviet, um, like media and music related. Um, but yeah, immediately we started to work together on the podcast and that's how we know each other. You too, Helena and Annie, you know each other like longer time. You work together also for Helena's publishing house, Cosmos, yes, which is in Berlin. Um, so you have a longer friendship and work history. Uh, Julia came later on to us. To um, to yes. <laughs> And uh, this is all how it started. So the name is X3, so like X3. The German one. X3. The German name, Pronunciation yes. is ah, the same name, but it's, it's exactly. two so different... What's there with the name? I feel there is some uh, insight which <laughs> I'm not fully entering because of my not knowing the Russian language. Well, this is the or this was the glorious idea, Julia's glorious idea about uh, the name of this podcast because uh, Helena and uh, I were living in Germany and we didn't leave Germany for Russia or um, other uh, post-Soviet countries and uh, the only one in our squad is Julia who did that so she's more involved in that modern langu language of um, people Yeah, maybe I can say some words uh, to um, the pronunciation is in Russian um, which is Basically, this is two letters. H, H, Z. H and Z. It's like in, in German it reads X3, but in uh, Russian, uh, Russian it will be like Heze. And Heze is an abbreviation um, which is as language evolves, you know, maybe we left also uh, in the 90s, we were kids, um, but like soon. 
some, you know, some more, um, how you say, like short. In Russian, there's a long culture of abbreviations. I love abbreviations. Um, since I'm also journalistically involved, I write a lot in abbreviations, also in texts. Now you have like this kind of new era um, internet abbreviation culture. And so Heze means dick knows, like who is night. But you can also <laughs> say it less vulgar. Sorry for that. <laughs> Maybe there should be a trigger for, 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 for swearing. It's um, fine, but you it's can also, <laughs> Yeah, but you can also say like it more in this like childish language or like here's night, here means nothing specific. Like in Russia, you have a lot of funny swearings and, and there are many are related to genitals. It's like not like in German, it's more like anal related, <laughs> fecal related. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and Kaze means something like, uh, like, who the fuck knows or fuck knows or dick knows like like or kind plan in german in german of course there are like more um like kind uh, explanation for this like kind plan like so no idea uh, and that's mm. why we like why i was suggesting it is that we started from a point where we we're like okay let's take this topic and try to kind of analyze it in this podcast form you know and the topic is our all nowadays lives our past the past of our families the future of all of us and yeah this yeah migrational let's say diaspora topics and where we started it was like we don't know where it leads so in russian you say somebody asks you hey oh what's tomorrow with the weather or whatever and you're like so that's uh, you just like everybody's just saying it and using it and since I was living there um, I was coming back in 2015 till 2018 to Kazakhstan and Russia I was kind of like um, catching up on this yeah contemporary uh, language it's quite fascinating now when we come back to to our countries like how the culture changes and then how you kind of feel almost the outsider or you need some time to get into the new way people communicate and yeah, definitely have that as well. You all share like the history of being part or like coming from the, let's say, post-Soviet space. Now we, we will call it this way. I feel there's like a very specific migration history which you are working through and that is like the migration history of German people moving to the area of the Soviet Union and then, let's say, the migration back. So I would like to you to speak a little bit about those histories, more general and also like specifically to your histories, so to your like family histories. Yeah, since I'm the Russian-German, like, uh, at least from my grandfather's side, I start like this, uh, this thing, because Annie has another special uh, relation to this, since she's not uh, Russian-German herself. Uh, I was, yeah, arriving in Germany in 96 with my family, who aren't all Russian-Germans, but the history of Russian Germans maybe quickly I tried try to say it like in a short form like okay so in the 18th century, century there was like Catherine the Great who became like Tsarin of Russia and was a badass woman and she was a very smart woman so to protect her uh, her country or like Russia um, and to also populate new land 
to protect it from Osmans. Uh, and back then they were um, afraid that the Osmans will um, try to conquer some some areas of Russia or Russian Empire. So she was thinking, okay, let's um, let's just populate this. Um, yeah, empty areas um, which are around Volga and uh, also the Black Sea. There were some like huge empty areas. So at this time, uh, she was like sending a letter to um, like an announcement um, to Germany to the German um, settlers. Like I don't know, there were German minorities of um, uh, religious minorities or like farmers who who were a little bit. Um, um, yeah, in need because there were wars also in Germany by this time after um, like long time of wars there were many farmers who like lost land or yeah who were poor basically. So um, she invited them to come to Russia and to build up their settlements there, and um, she invited them. And I don't know like. Um, with many benefits, like they were like they didn't need to go to the military, they didn't um, need to pay taxes and so on, and the land was given for free. So there were these settlers, German settlers, I know thousands and hundreds thousands in the end who were moving. And there were of course like people also who were um, religious minorities who were maybe not welcomed by this time uh, back then in Germany. So they were like. A diverse group already then they were very diverse so they settled all and they lived there for 200 years almost like it was like in the middle of the 18th century with the first world war uh, the problems uh, started to begin for the settlers uh, for the germans till then they had like their own regions they all um, where they kept the language they kept like They've like even um, sometimes villages were moving like were moving all together. So they were like kind of like cooking in their own souls, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, so during the First World War, there were already like the Wallonian Deutsche. It's like um, uh, like where Ukraine is um, nowadays. They were the first uh, to be deported um, because of the war, but they could move back. And settled back to their regions, and then the big um, the big deportation started in the Second World War, where Stalin uh, started to deport the Germans because of Hitler, of course, who broke the pact they had together to separate Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Hitler was not um, going with a plan. He, um, yeah conquered Poland and then he went to Russia and that's why they uh, Stalin who was paranoid and whatever and also big disaster for the whole history of this country of this area he started to deport them or he was yeah there was this letter also another letter it's always like this letter these big letters of the dictators basically who are announcing um the um what's his schicksal the Fate. The fate, fate of uh, like of thousands of people. It's interesting, like how letters can like change, um, yeah, the nations uh, or the faith of nations. So yeah. So also my grandpa, he was five years at this time. It was forty-one, I think, when this uh, deportation started. Then he was deported to Kazakhstan. That's where he grew up then, and uh, also my father then, and like. Us later, 
Yeah, that's uh, basically the short story till um, till the Soviet Union. I mean, what happened then? We don't we don't go in details like how how the life was after deportation because it's another topic. You can listen to our of podcast course. maybe <laughs> or to other podcasts who go in details for, sure. for all this um, kind of history. Mm, yeah, and in the 90s, like with the breakdown of the Soviet Union, um, they didn't reestablish uh, the Republic of. Uh, German, because there used to be a republic, a Soviet republic of Germans in Soviet Union in the 20s and so on. But they, in the 30s, they cracked it down already. That was like the first alarm, let's say. And it never was reestablished. Also, the German uh, politicians, they were very interested in the 90s to reestablish this republic. But uh, yeah, Russia and this time, they were not interested. And that's why... Uh, yeah, the Germans were invited kind of by Germany. Um, yeah, BRD, the, like the federal state of Germany in the 90s to move to their country of origin, which was like country of origin like 250 It's years crazy, later yeah. or like 200 uh, years later, 230 years later. It's a little bit crazy, but um, like to get to the whole story and to the details of the story you really need to um, yeah you really need podcasts <laughs> and several podcasts not only ours um, because um, it's so diverse like every family has so many stories so many histories and there are sometimes so many countries involved also like in my family like my the Russian German side is from my father but he, already him Uh, it's like his dad, my grandpa, who's a Russian-German, but he married my uh, my grandma, who is uh, from the region uh, where there were Polish and Ukraine. So um, it's already a mix. Then my father married my mom. <laughs> And my mom, nobody knows where she is from <laughs> because it's written Russian in her, like it was written in the, in the Russian passport, they were written the nationalities. But... Somehow nobody knows. It's kind of like maybe she's also from the Ukraine. Maybe they're Ukrainian Tatars because she looks very different from all of us also. And there are many um, gaps in these histories. And that's the problem also. And that's also was one of our motivational uh, pushes, like to kind of try to talk about the stories and try to get there where none of our ancestors were going. Because in, in all this Soviet history, nobody was talking about any problematic topics, let's say, or history or whatever, was not wanted and was also dangerous, you know, also for German, being German in Soviet Union, of course, like Germany was a fascist, <laughs> fascist um, um, antagonist, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, till now even, <laughs> kind of, um, yeah, so that's the purpose of all of this, like to try to talk about it and to get to some points of this crazy, very diverse story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also make it visible. Um, this is a part of the history which um, is not very no. known in the German society. Definitely. <laughs> I never heard of this actually. Could you, uh, Annie, tell uh, a little bit about your um, migration story or like the heritage of your family? It is really complicated. And um, yes, yeah, so, well, I'm. Let's I do was, the short story. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Armenia and grew up in uh, Russia and then moved someday to Germany in 19. 
1997 was probably the last big immigration wave from the post-Soviet era. Yes, my history, my personal history to Germany is that members of my family has, were always somehow related to Germany. They studied here or lived here. And uh, so I remember when I was a child, it was like kind of um, thing always to mention that I will someday go to Germany. So we didn't know that uh, Soviet Union <laughs> was going to end. And uh, life is so unpredictable. So yes, um, then one day I was in Germany. <laughs> And the connection to the um, uh, Russian-German community is that my sister is married to a Russian-German man. So um, I'm, I'm basically just interested in this topic because of my own family and because of my relation to this culture in whole, to the German culture and to the Russian culture. Yeah, maybe it's like similar to me, I guess, because... In a way, I don't have any, like, by blood, <laughs> nationalistic terms, connections to Germany. Or perhaps there are, but as I uh, told you, Julia, it's not really spoken about out loud. But I do feel part of it somehow, I guess, because I speak German and my mom lived here. So I guess that's also interesting to think about our connections, not only through blood or, like, ancestors, but also others, you know, like perhaps friends or reading texts which we like about authors from those places or yeah, other aspects. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, this blood connection is like very abstract too. <laughs> it's very, very abstract. I mean, also like taking myself, I have no idea how many, like also this blood, like imagination of this blood running through your veins. I think it's also already artistic or like poetic. Yeah, of it's, course. It's uh, super abstract. <laughs> I imagine how many bloods runs through my veins. It's like, I think very a rainbow colored uh, mix. It is such an abstract construction of defining identity. But there always gets to or you always get to the, the point that it somehow begins to play a role not an important role but when you just like in my family we have different nationalities so for that part of the armenian russian german i think it's important for the kids to know where their roots are and this is important enough to start educate yourself to be able to answer questions when they want some answers. Mm -hmm. So you cannot say, I don't know. I think it's not a proper behavior. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. When did we start to think about this? Like, when that's, that's, a, that's a good point, maybe. I don't know, when, when this wokeness <laughs> came up here. That's also maybe the reason why nowadays so many projects and so many yeah, podcasts also other um, are born. So maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's one of your interests or questions, but I, I, I like this idea of, of talking about our generation, so why we raise the voice now. 
I know how how do you think uh, Patricia I know you are the host <laughs> I want to trying to turn it again <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> taking the host hostage <laughs> no but because you talk with many people like from um, many post um, host countries uh, I don't know I think there's a wave no what is what is it now what is going on hmm. what are we part of Yeah, I guess for me, it was more that like I had a very a big lack of knowledge of like other uh, post-Soviet uh, spaces, countries or New East countries or however we, we like to call it. And uh, like my art was really defined by my Polish identity. And I was a bit like tired of this and I wanted to expand it, but still stay in my interest. And I guess it's the feeling also perhaps when you are a migrant Because I started doing also my podcast outside of my place, right? Or for like the home. Then you start kind of building your community, perhaps. I, I'm mostly speaking to artists or like uh, creative people who live outside of their context, but still working within it. I guess it's maybe different when I would speak, let's say, to, yeah, to Polish artists living and always been in Poland you know so for me it was more more that and I guess also quite some time passed now like more than 30 years now since the transformation so maybe it's like finally a time where we can a bit look outside of it and be like let's think what happened how can we yeah also we we have the kind of the power now no like we are um, empowered maybe by our by our generation in terms of that we have the education to think about the privilege like of maybe um, having time to uh, to to have to reflect this of the privilege of traveling so we could visit uh, i don't know for example the countries of origin or other countries where we could meet other people and reflect on other um, histories or migrational histories yeah and i think for us it was um, um, very crucial that to realize um, that we are actually not proper, proper German after a while. Even so, you when we came, we came as kids, you know, I was 10, you were uh, 13. Or, mm -hmm. But even, even with 13, where you say, hey, you're a teen already, you kind of like grew into the German society like uh, smoothly, you know. And then like uh, 20 years later, <laughs> there was like this kind of a moment where you realize, okay, um, of course, yeah, my... My best language I'm performing is German at the moment. Um, and all these other things you kind of lived with naturally, like in your family, you had the dishes, you had the talks at home, you had the photographies and so on, but you kind of were never like... You, you were never questioning like and, and putting all the puzzles together. Um, and why it was? Because the this German ground here that it was not giving you the space or not asking you not questioning it because everything was meant to be German and everything else was like out of other yeah the other this mm. othering process which is now also is about to be yeah reformed let's say politically and um, also through the society now it's all questioned like all this German nation state is about to 
crumble. <laughs> and yeah, so since like 30% of the kids in the schools uh, have migrational um, histories, it's going to be very quick, like in the next generation. We, we won't have this podcast maybe anymore because I mm -hmm. hope, because there will be ne next generation questions, you know. Mm -hmm. There is always uh, also the point that um, in this public discourse, migration discourse, uh, there was no stage given to this particular group of migrants. So you have discussions or discourses about the um, Turkish or Arab um, migration groups, but not really about the... Um, let's call it post-Soviet in this context. And I didn't really understand why. And I always try to make a point out of this uh, while I was studying. Um, but I never succeeded to do it like seriously, you know, not just on the basis of a private discussion or conversation between the professor and me. Um, and I think there was no such an interest, political interest to do so. And now we are a group of grown-ups and we can do it by ourselves. This is the difference between now and then. Mm -hmm. But what about this um, nostalgia? Because like, since I arrived to Berlin, it's like a word which I see everywhere and it's like being transformed into different like formats and forms and like a lot of cafes call themselves like this, a lot of journals. It's like a very present word, like this nostalgia for the life in the, the, the air, I think, but more the, the yeah, socialist system. Uh, yeah, so like, is it, how do you relate to that? And also how does it play into your podcast, into your work? Do you benefit from it? Do you criticize it? Who actually produces this nostalgia? I'm also curious of that. I think it, it is something which is very specific to Berlin because in other uh, parts of Germany you don't have it. It's, the so. most, it's like the most Eastern, Western capital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and it is kind of, well, it's a lifestyle now and it doesn't really, does not detect like the history of it because otherwise it would be more critical, of course. This is uh, Soviet politics and deportation and so on and now we use all that, those symbols to make a lifestyle out of it so we have or we must be critical on that well on the one side it's it's a it's a lifestyle and on the other you can use it to make a political statement so this is what we are doing i don't know if we are benefiting from it because we are part of it so we there is no need for us to benefit from that um, more how I meant is like let's say if maybe people are more interested in it now then they want to dig more into the history and like are interested in what you are working on or it's different type of people who reproduce it okay, okay. I, I, have an, I have an opinion on it 
I have an opinion that um, also like Eastern German people are kind of um, kind of like inner country migrants, and um, because I, I lived, I grew up um, in Eastern Germany. When we came here in, in the 90s, I grew up in Eastern Germany. So I, I really can tell the difference. We all can tell the difference, basically. Um, there is still a difference because it's also recent, a recent history. It's Super like 30 recent. years, it's the same, you know, and they lived in another planet, uh, let's say. And it was very much related to our lives, like Eastern Europe and uh, Soviet lives. And that's why we can tell, and there's still an episode on it to come, <laughs> that, that we can kind of, um, we can relate uh, to, to these families and to these uh, family backgrounds and histories. And um, me, my, I, like I myself have um, like very good um, yeah, friends and also my husband <laughs> from Eastern Germany and like his whole family. So I am... And I have the feeling they are going through the same process. Like um, they were basically colonized by <laughs> the Western Germany in um, the 90s. Everything was like put down, all production um, spaces. Everything was just like overwritten with Western German narratives, with Western German people, with bosses, with Western German understanding of like the world let's say and they are now about to also like kind of wake up and that's why they're also now eastern german podcasts <laughs> you can also um, listen to which um, also going through the history through also the like uh, also brutal um, history of um, of the ddr of course you have like uh, crazy things which were happening to women to kids like all these prisons um all this Yeah, let's say they were not deported, but you had uh, like very hardcore prison systems there, which are like the hardest part, I think, of uh, of the GTM, I would tell. And, and, and that's my opinion. I have the feeling that um, there's the same kind of story which relates all us with this part of Germany. And, um, and of course, there's this part which is maybe this nostalgia part in it where people look back because they were like people who won like uh, in, in the 90s uh, after the breakdown uh, of the Soviet Union and the, um, uh, and the fall of the Berlin Wall or the wall and other people they were losing and I know many families like of like maybe parents of friends of mine or former friends of mine who were losing lives you know they were losing not only jobs they were losing lives they were losing face they were losing like i don't know yeah the, the whole cosmos was crushing um and that's why i think they have the right also to this nostalgia kind of nostalgia nostalgia and um, <laughs> And we can educate like our generation and maybe also some other like very interested, privileged, again, people. Mm, but there are some who, who will be like there in, I know, somewhere in Saxony, in their little town or village and who will be not listening to our podcasts and mm. <laughs> to the discussions which are taking place in like in Berlin's museums or whatever. And it's okay. Uh, it's okay. And we are not um, profiting from this as, as 
I would say as a podcast because this is another topic and it's very painful for Germany, mm. especially for Eastern Germans. Mm. And it's about to evolve, like the discussion about it, about the story. And it's important also to take in the nostalgia. And somehow I, I, I'm saying like, okay, let's give it. Of course, you see here in Berlin on this uh, demonstrations and so on, you have like this um, flags and so on, you, which you can see and which for some people are very painful. Like, uh, And... Yeah, but this is also a discussion um, which runs. We are like in this leftist group, for example, which we were telling you about, like this Telegram group on post. They are so hard, like they're hardcore discussions on like post. So like uh, among the left-oriented uh, people, there are so many discussions which like are dividing them. But I'm like for like, okay, but at the same time, you are, we are thinking kind of the same. So let's like discuss the things. Mm. And let's try to kind of find um, an understanding. And yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the biggest problems in Germany in their own very German society is that they still are separated in their minds. Um, so they are thinking in these categories, uh, Western and Eastern Germany. And somehow I think they are not really interested in processing history of Eastern Germany and Eastern Germans. Well, not in the manner that is sufficient for Eastern Germans themselves. I also don't know how to solve this problem because it is a huge political also problem. So. Um, What we are trying to do is just bring it to some points and name it and to try to talk about it and make it visible. Mm. It's very interesting to hear about the nostalgia from you because I'm new in Berlin and new in this context and actually like now I really understand what this term means or like how you mm -hmm. explained it because actually for me being from a very different context living in the real west I would say <laughs> in the Netherlands for like eight years I actually thought this the nostalgia is more like this yeah I would say like leftist love for communism you know and like this kind of almost like uh, using the symbols of the Soviet Union as like a anti-capitalist um, solution <laughs> In one of your episodes, uh, you you speak about how when your parents arrived here, you were kind of like whispering in the shop to not uh, be so loud with your uh, Russian language or like a native language which you were speaking with your family. And then this kind of process developed and now you're like, or even like the families are quite loud speaking in the shop and public spaces and almost like being proud of your place where you came or like somehow the connection to the language so yeah I'm curious about that and also the choice of uh, you using actually German instead of perhaps Russian in the podcast using German in our podcast is that we um, aim to speak to a German audience to make this uh, part of German society visible to the German societies or um, we are not educating only our community but well educate is <laughs> such a <laughs> strong word, strong word yeah. yes but 
somehow it is it is um, a form of education and also our active Helena's and my my active language is um, German although I'm speaking a lot of Russian but still I translate from German to uh, Russian or Armenian so my way of thinking is this in this linguistic terms rather German than Armenian or Russian. So it would be a problem for me to um, bring my thoughts this uh, short amount of time so that the others understand me. <laughs> yes. We had one episode in Russian with a friend of mine, a journalist, Yelena uh, Barshova. And... Uh, She was visiting me and it was one of our first episodes and it was great. I remember my parents were like, oh, such a great woman. <laughs> she, she was speaking in Russian, yeah. finally. <laughs> Because she was, uh, she's a great woman, uh, but uh, her Russian is also just like... Beautiful because she's like a Moscow-based journalist. She has her own podcast. She's um, doing audio and video content. So, and her voice is just like very, uh, like, yeah. She, she's just like a professional, and she can. Her Russian is just like beautiful. You know, like the the language is beautiful, and of course, we can also talk like maybe some beautiful sentence in Russian. Even me, who is maybe more fluent, because I kind of like came back and lived there for two and a half years. Um, but you mean like um, I'm for example not very well in writing I'm writing in Russian but I'm, I will not be able to write like um, uh, a text like a journalistic text or so in Russian because it w it w I would be maybe able but I don't know how would it be in and like how professional how beautiful it will be because of course I'm even reading in Russian and I'm able to read all this beautiful content in this beautiful language but I'm not as able to reproduce it as in other languages or like as, especially in German you know I'm communicating in Russian every day also with my newborn kid <laughs> and with my family and with many friends I have here but it's it's another it's another it's another function for this language yeah Yes, I think there is a huge difference between spoken and written language. Um, in my case, I was for many years not speaking uh, Armenian or Russian, but I was uh, working with the language all the time. Um, that means writing and uh, reading it and translating. So when I started actively to speak again, because I was with people from there, um, it was very funny because I, <laughs> I knew I speak a language which is dead, mm. which is old and which I generated by myself only with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, now it's kind of uh, more vivid um, but yes there is um, it, it, it is a struggle to keep up with active and passive languages written and spoken so you have to be on point all the time and it is almost impossible yeah uh, towards your first question 
Um, it was me, I think, talking about like this uh, speaking um, Russia, like in the beginning, avoiding to speak Russian in public in the 90s, let's say, or maybe even in the beginning of 2000. Um, yeah, I think it changed. It changed already in Germany. Like it changed already like in the teenage, you know, my um, perception of myself and my like history, also migrational history changed since I was able to speak for myself. Um, and also since I was invisible, I tried to make myself visible as a migrant. <laughs> Because like since our, that's why maybe also the, the, the discourse um, The discourse is invisible in Germany because most of um, our um, yes. our community is kind of invisible uh, since, um, uh, let's say, the phenotype is like Western European. That's why maybe also it took us time to make this visibility now in this um, media space since we were not as visible as other migrants who who are just like visible from the phenotype, which is kind of, I don't know, I think it's for Ger in Germany, being, like, being a visible migrant in Germany is hardcore because I think Germany is still till now very, very conservative and very national driven like national state driven and it's not fu not fun to <laughs> yeah being raised here like this except maybe of Neukölln where I live <laughs> other areas um, maybe also for example Köln Köln is a very diverse city too I just was visiting there recently um, yeah there are some like this melting pots or where, where it's kind of cool and uh, And it's nice, and you have um, many, like a like a diverse space um, where you can grow up in a relatively safe space. But yeah, that's coming back to the language. So since we were invisible in the 90s, if if we would not talk, <laughs> nobody would recognize us, maybe as um, not corresponding to the environment. <laughs> That's why, as a kid, of course, um, not even as a kid, my parents also they try to be like we try to be like um, not too loud, not too outstanding, um, because also I grew up in um, Brandenburg, which was especially in the 90s a very like a, a big spot of neo Nazis. It's also like another story, but it's a GDR related content. Again, it's not something to be we can speak about here in. Um, in the, all the deaths of the thematic. But yeah, it was a big problem. It's still a big problem. Um, the right nationalists in, um, in the uh, yeah, Eastern uh, Germany, let's say. Yeah, so we tried to like not uh, be too loud and too visible. And oh, that's what we could do if we would not speak too loud in, in Russian. Even so, we were speaking and continuing speaking Russian at home. It was important for us, um, for us kids, for my brother and me, not to forget the language. Also, but yeah, my brother and me we started very quickly to speak um, German among each other, which changed later. Now we are trying to communicate in Russian. Um, yeah, in between. Hmm. Yeah. So, but the big, big turning point when uh, was when I went to Kazakhstan for work and lived there in Russia and came back because I came back as another, as a kind of a contemporary um, 
Eastern Europe or like even Asia, and, because I was in uh, Kazakhstan, citizen with this contemporary proudness of these countries because they developed, you know, they are not like in the 90s now. <laughs> They're crazy cool and much more interesting maybe <laughs> than the old Europe. Uh, indeed. <laughs> indeed, this term is kind of, um, I try, I, I like to use it in, in a funny way, of course, but somehow it's also real. I think it's like the yeah, progress in Germany is like very, very slow in all terms. Yeah, and when I came back, um, my parents um, remarked when I was visiting them that I was like speaking loudly Russian everywhere, <laughs> and um, yeah, and they were like remarking it, and I was like, uh, and I was like, yes, and that's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna continue it. And I'm, I mean, this awakeness moment for me was for sure like a long process, and it started maybe in the teen age, and then it went on, it went on, it went on, and the high peak was of course when I went back to live in these countries to just like get the power empowerment kind of of these countries and to show off it here <laughs> bring it back here yeah, yeah. yeah and my parents are now also my, i also brought, brought it back to my family i have the feeling and i think I would, they will stay this too are your uh, families listening to your podcast do they follow your work Mine is not. <laughs> But isn't I it your father who's commenting all our posts? <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's listening to it. Uh, but yeah, he's just proud of, of it all. So um, <laughs> Supporting. <laughs> Supporting, yes. Um, but I don't know if, well, we talk about uh, some topics since I, I, I really trust my parents concerning, um, let's say, building political opinions, because I think I can and I know is coming from my parents. They taught me everything. We are discussing a lot. Um, this is why he is sometimes commenting on something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, my brother's girlfriend is listening to it. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's, then she's uh, telling everybody else what we were talking about. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Efficient, efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my brother is um, listening. Like, thank you, спасибо, Женя, to all our um, episodes. Uh, but he's also a maniac in everything he's doing and uh, he's commenting every time he has something to comment he's commenting like long comments and we appreciate this a lot because you love if you send out so much content you're like and you don't you will not like get any uh, feedback it will be very very weird i think so but since we are we are very happy to get feedback from our listeners and also from our families from my brother for example and we love it and we appreciate it and yeah try to yeah maybe kind of like follow follow his suggestions he he's someone someone with suggestions so he's sending suggestions and which um also might help us there for the for yeah in the future for next episodes related to these topics or so but sometimes it's also like suggestions oh you missed on this point you missed on this point but of course as you might know Madrizia, you don't have time you it's like very limited we planned in the beginning with 45 till 60 minutes now we are like 
basically all the time 80 90 minutes and it's, it's kind of growing growing on this continent you are never you're never mentioning everything yeah. on on the continent it's like always like a, just a rip off um, topic so yeah but uh, we are happy and i know my parents in the beginning were listening together two episodes and then they were like also feedbacking when i was visiting them but i think now they don't have time it's also summertime they're in the garden also my mom my mom likes working a lot and my dad i have no idea my dad is listening to a lot of content he's like content like content maniac he has many podcasts and vlogs and youtube channels he's following and watching and listening i have no idea if he's listening to us, maybe he's also bored already of us <laughs> because he's very quickly bored with something. And then he's like, I unfollowed your friend. <laughs> Her content was boring, <laughs> you know, because he's following my friend sometimes on Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> And she's like, and, and she's like, oh yeah, no, no, actually she's, her content is boring. So you're like, okay, dad. <laughs> so, Honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, I don't know. Yeah, I should ask him. Yeah, I will see them this weekend. So I will, I will ask them. Sometimes I'm like, hopefully they're not listening. But no, but uh, I think they listen if they have like the time or, Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice. I also never know if my parents listen, but then somehow like something comes up in the conversation and it's like, okay, you've been uh, checking out somewhere through your channels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my father f for sure is, um, um, is stalking the Instagram. Even so, even so, I'm not sure if he's following us because maybe he finds it boring. <laughs> but he's always aware. Even if he's not following officially, he's... 100% like looking up also every time we are preparing for a session like not for this one maybe because we are guests now but um, the, the sessions we have and it's a topic where I know and it's almost all topics are related to our family history or to their history and something like almost every topic because our generation is one point uh, the parents generation is another one and the grandparents generation is it's the next one, or sometimes the great parents. So I'm always, um, not always, but often, if I have time, asking them. We have a family chat. And opinions on that, or do you have pictures for that? You will see many pictures in Instagram, actually, from my family or from my family archive. So that's how they actually know about our content. Sometimes I'm calling them. And we talk about it like half an hour or 45 minutes about all the memories. And I'm just like conspecting um, all the thoughts of them and I'm bringing them in in the podcast. That's how actually my parents are involved in the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I'm curious, like if you go home, like what, uh, what do you like to eat together or like what... Um what is the atmosphere of a home connected to food that kind of uh, brings this nice homey feelings for you? Oh, when I go to my parents, um, my mama <laughs> makes all the dishes she wants me to eat. <laughs> it, um, it's soul food. It's, it's mama's soul food. And... Um, and she's observing me for a while. If you like it, if <laughs> yeah. you eat it. If I eat it, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And uh, yes, I love it. And uh, my father and uh, she cook together. So it's like, I, I, I love it so much. 
um, knowing that my parents are not only my parents, but um, but a couple. That's beautiful. Yes, so I, I I love it, and they cook. And yes, I'm I'm a kid when I'm with my parents, and <laughs> I'm not the best kid. Badass <laughs> kid. <laughs> I am I am um, I'm on fire. I want always a discussion, and I am always in the mood for uh, for. Riot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> teenage riot. Yes, it's some kind of teenage riot, yeah. And my, my parents say, I will never grow up. Um, but this is not true. Um, <laughs> they just, uh, you know, my parents educated us in a very free way. So we had no reason to be rebellious at home. Um, but um, we had a lot of discussions on general topics, so it is continuing, basically. And uh, I'm very aggressive in my manner to discuss. <laughs> it will never change, and I just end it when I don't want it anymore. So. <laughs> but still, still a nice food is coming yeah. the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it. Imagine it's like a, a, a table full of food and you're like throwing food. No. Yeah, but um, my parents, like, uh, yeah, they live next to Berlin. Like, it's uh, like um, like really just around like half an hour from Neukölln. Uh, it's in Brandenburg, but it's like the last S-Bahn station. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're seeing each other very often and uh, I'm very happy about this. Like, it's a big part of my life, also like family. And I'm... I'm happy that it is like this now because it hasn't been. I have the feeling that this closeness to the family was also the process of, um, of my identity like forming, let's say, or search or whatever, like we are all been through. And it started like in the mid of 20s. I think that we came, we became closer and closer. Before I was like this German teenage <laughs> like not informing my parents about anything and visiting them maybe two times a year or so and traveling uh, the world around I don't know living wherever and uh, just saying hey I'm coming like in two days and staying three days or so yeah so I'm very happy we are very close now and also can discuss everything sometimes like especially with my father we have like this hot discussions we used to have it <clears throat> during our whole teenage or my teenagehood um, even now we have most of the time we try to be civilized <laughs> and not to freak out but sometimes there's him or me leaving the table <laughs> something like this happens yeah and food plays a big role so this weekend we're gonna go there and also them um, East German family of my husband will come the uh, the parents so they're gonna be uh, we're gonna do um, it's a lot of meat always um, myself I'm cooking sometimes with meat but barely but there of course you have a lot of meat dishes we're gonna do shashlik and uh, akroshka akroshka is like this beginning of summer for me it's like uh, mm -hmm. this cold soup maybe you know I don't know I think in Poland you have something like this is it with cucumbers? yeah it's yeah. like it's very fresh with cucumbers with and yogurt have, with, yeah buttermilk uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's like a little bit and yeah, but my very favorite dish, if my mom is, of course, my mom is also asking, what do you want, girl, what do you wish <laughs> for your visit? And I'm like, most of the times I'm very happy if I get um, galupci, uh, 
Mm. It's uh, like cabbage. It's uh, like minced meat with rice in cabbage mm, leaves. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, It's yeah. like pigeons. This, yeah. this, yeah. this is also the favorite food my mama does when I uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm home. Yeah, see, see, yeah, oh. yeah. That's uh, yeah. I, I love it. I just I really like it. But I like everything. Yeah, that food plays a big role. I think in all our. Um, cultures in all our countries kitchens yeah in all our kitchens yeah nice thank you so much for the conversations Julia and Annie uh, yeah I'm very happy that I think you're like the the second people I meet in Berlin like also for a conversation and more like uh To, uh, like the interests we share I think it's very exciting that uh, that we are in one city hopefully we'll meet uh, again and uh, yeah thank you for sharing uh, all the thoughts and um, yeah just like also your work um, very very interested and also the part to, uh, with the history I think we touched a little bit upon it uh, I guess people can take from it and uh, listen to other podcasts mm -hmm. oh, yeah, at the end I wanted to ask for some uh, podcast recommendations maybe each of you can uh, say like one podcast which you like and would, would like to share can be like any any language There are two new podcasts which I really appreciate and they're both Polish, but from two Polish uh, guys. Uh, one friend of mine and the other one is kind of my Instagram friend, let's say, <laughs> podcast friend. Yeah, it's, it's, it was also like a new, they're both queer and they're queer East uh, Post-Ost, let's say queer Post-Ost podcast. And they're both in German, so um, I think this that's the new, like, That's the next step, like that podcasts go into post-os topics, but in special, special topics, specific topics, like deeper in, in, uh, in special interests and so on. And like, I mean, queer is like everybody's interest and we also have, um, we will have also more uh, episodes on queer uh, people and queer um, history, let's say, of uh, post-os people or post-os community. But yeah, the one podcast is... Um, Ost Gaze and the other one is Post Ost Pride from Fabio and Ost Gaze is from Kai. Uh, I don't really listen to podcasts. <laughs> I, I do it occasionally just to know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, when I'm listening to something, um, it's for the reason to gather um, information and then I do it like intensively and obsessively but there is no particular podcast I'm listening to except of Arzamas the Russian um, platform um, like educational um, concept of podcasting uh, on different topics I think it's very informative and uh, interesting to listen to nice thank you so much Thank you. Thank you a lot and happy birthday yeah, for Kitchen Conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And this was it for today. Thank you for reaching till the end of this episode. I will see you next time with another great artist and speaker. And as mentioned at the beginning, you can support this podcast via Patreon on patreon.com slash kitchenconversations 
Or alternatively, you can also help me develop this platform by making a one-time donation, following my Instagram account, or leaving a comment on one of the podcast players. All of the needed links are placed in the show notes of this episode. Take good care. Until next time.